if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 152. This is our 2021 WGC Workday Championship at the concession. That's a mouthful. Plus, Puerto Rico Open Tips and Picks episode. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA Tour action. Good morning, Paul. How are we? Good morning, Steve. I'm very well. Sun's out. How are you? I'm still. Tr- I'm going to read this out again. World Golf Championship Workday Championship at the Concession. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. It, is, it, is, it is a bit of a mouthful now. It's been uh, fully updated and fully supported by Workday. Yeah. It's a beautiful. It's an amazing thing, the PGA Tour, isn't it? They can come up with these fantastic titles for their uh, for their, for their at, at the at the drop of a, drop of a hat. Oh, it just it, uh, it it just it really rolls off the tongue that one, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's also when you look back, isn't it? You've got the old WGC Cadillac Championship, the WGC yeah. Mexico Championship. It's all very, and now you've got the yeah. Workday Championship at the concession. Yeah, it was a WGC CA as well for a while. Oh, it? CA, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Dell Technologies. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. All sorts. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics, and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge. There is no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on social media. Paul is at golf betting. He's inching, he's eking his way to those 10,000 followers. And I am available at Bamford Golf. Please follow Paul. Why not? Getting closer to 10,000. Uh, you can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, Look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I'll be pulling together my WGC Workday Championship at the concession. Golf betting, get Golf Betting Show in a couple of uh, hours' time. That one will, that one will roll off the uh, tongue as well on that, on that particular video. Uh, please, to short, oh, mate. What, well, what should we call it? The WGC at the concession, maybe? WGC Workday, do that. Yeah, WGC Workday, that'll be it. Right, okay. Take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Now, you know last week, Paul, I put out a request for guys in the, our listeners in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to put, we had, not that I'm going to read them out now, but we had three five-star reviews appear on Apple Podcasts on Friday. Fantastic. So we're eking towards that 100 barrier. We're already past it in the in the US. So thank you to you guys. I've also had some. We've had some five star reviews from the US in the last week. So keep them coming. Uh, but if we're if you're in the Great Britain and you are listening, please take time. Five stars, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let's get through that 100 review barrier in the UK. I'll read out a couple here that we've had recently. Uh, this one, great, great golf podcast, five stars. 
Uh, great podcast for both bets and daily fantasy to go along with the write-up. That is also very useful. Both give good insights on players. Course info comp courses have adapted their player nicknames. I like T4 Tony as well. That is from Jim C. And he is in West Des Moines in Indiana. Very Thank good. you, Jim. Thank you very much, Jim. Haven't, haven't you um, haven't you updated your um, your your Tony Finnell nickname now, Steve? Isn't he isn't he T two Tony now? I think what we need to do is call him T two Tony at non majors and T four Tony at majors. <laughs> it's, a, it's a flexible nickname. I had some guy. I won't. I, I I could I could dig it out. Some old guy on Twitter on Sunday was doing his nuts to me, saying that my T four Tony was about to go in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> in the in the garbage bin, and then I, I tweeted back with laughy faces when clearly T four Tony sadly. did his T four Tony bit. Um, we'll talk about that in a short while. Five, yeah. uh, n- another one, five stars, uh, and this is from Alan Blackett, and Alan is up in uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, a lovely part of the country. Uh, great show, especially on a Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday night. Great show every week, lads. Great breakdown of stats and form on both tours. I think it would be great if Stephen Paul would put up a transatlantic each way double every week on the show. Would be fun. And that is thank you. Uh, thanks from Alan in Newcastle upon Tyne. Yeah, cheers, Alan. I, t- to be honest, I tend, yeah, I, I tend to um, put yours and my um, headline tips up as a double anyway. I just on a personal basis. Paul, um, Paul, Paul. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely <laughs> off your rocker. Oh, Steve, you know it will come good. We, we, we had one before. We had one a couple of seasons back. How far we? is your Bet Three Six Five account in the red? How are you? When they bring in these, this new legislation, how are you going to be able to top it up? It's all pigs and troughs in this game, Steve. Yes, I agree with that. So you do that, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, let me get this course. straight. This week, you are going to put up... Oh, I can't say the names. Can I'll leave the listeners in suspense for this week. <laughs> really? Okay, fair play. It'll come yeah. in one day. No, did, no, we, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to when we... Each way. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've had a few, but I remember back. So we're going back a little while now, aren't we? But I remember back when I got Brett Rumford at the uh, World Super Six. Yeah, in the Perth same International. Week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and mm. the same week you put up Dustin Johnson. That must have been. Uh, that would have been at the Genesis era. Invitational, yeah, nine yeah, to yeah. one. Yeah, so that was a five hundred because uh, Rumford was fifty to one. So that was over five hundred to one at that time. Wow. Absolute cracker. And you're still so you're still living off the balance. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. My, Literally. My PayPal balance is gradually eroding yeah. week after week. Okay. So, there's another one in the bag to come. Well, Alan in Newcastle, it's a deal. We'll uh, we'll we'll mention the each way double every week ongoing. Maybe we should choose what our favourite bet is of the yeah, yeah, four yeah, yeah, or yeah, five yeah. that we put up. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be the shortest price, does it? You, no, it doesn't, you, know, you, no. could, you, you could have a, a longer priced um, each way element yeah. that you fancy more. But, uh, I really like one of mine this week, and he isn't the shortest price. So, okay. Mm. 
Brilliant. Right, I suppose we need to talk about last week, the Genesis Invitational. Um, yeah. I had Dustin Johnson in the last group, the world number one, who'd hold a 28-footer for par the first thing he did on Sunday morning. <laughs> 17, but yeah. I'll oh, 17 foot, yeah. <laughs> for par, which he, everyone was yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. oh, well, that's a bogey straight off. So he pars that. Mm. And then for the next... What would it have been? 22 holes? Yeah. He, he yeah, shoots yeah. one over par. That's mad. That's disappointing. I, 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 I didn't see it, Steve. I, I, when he made that par, in my mind, that was the tournament. You know, that that he was going to push on from there. He was going to birdie the par five coming home on Sunday morning and uh, and just motor ahead with the, with the players that were around him. Um, it, it seemed like the most feasible solution and um, I didn't top him up I backed him pre-event as you had but um, you know it, it seemed like he was going to go through and, uh, and do that and even for the first few holes on the final round he... oh yeah it's 200 par everything was yeah. fine yeah we were waiting yeah. for the Sam Burns implosion yep maybe yeah, Paul was... that maybe get this eh? maybe Tony T4 fee now Put the mental squeeze on Dustin Johnson and Dustin cracked. There's an angle for you. I knew well, that Tony see. was going to put a run on it, and I did tell you this. I put a ch- just to cover him off, and just to I don't know. Maybe it was just to really put the kiss of death on him. I literally put two pound on him on Betfair Exchange sunday morning and i think he was 18 to 1 because he'd already been he was already in the hutch at 500 i just knew he was coming i knew a charge was coming it was just it was just you just knew it (laughs) i just and sure enough i think he traded at 1.1 didn't he well he was super short at one point burns was i don't think he got that short burns but he was kind of a 1.3 ish at one point homer was clearly very low at one point as well before finn out um, came through and you know any or all of them could have won it and um, you know clearly in the end it was Homer and uh, well done to Barry as well because I know Barry wasn't on the podcast last week but um, he did he'd, so uh, given us a, yeah he'd given us a quick mm-hmm. view of his top three and one of which was one Max of whom Homer. was Max Homer well so, done uh, Barry and well done to all the listeners because I know it, clearly he Max had been playing some great stuff in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, top top at ten the week before Pebble, yeah, and don't forget that first win of his. Now two PGA Tour wins. That first win came at Quail Hollow. It's not a, it's not as if this guy is ripping up the Puerto Rico Open at twenty six under, is it? Uh, or he's actually he can actually play these tough um, classical US line out, uh, layouts and win. So. Yeah. Good player, Homer, and he's burst into the world's top 50 now and got a place in this week's WGC Workday. You see what I did there? WGC Workday, yeah. 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 It was looking very much like Sam Sam Burns would get that final spot, wasn't it? But uh, but yeah, Homer's came came through and and did it, despite missing that uh, tiddler on the 18th hole, which would have um, effectively won it outright without the need to go to a playoff. But... uh, it's, it's, it's not easy to go over the line, is it? You know, Finnau had his, his his chances as well, didn't he, in the playoff? We did say, didn't we? Slightly the, longer part, but... We did say the link between Torrey Pines and Riviera is unbelievable. You've got yeah. Homer. He's played it five times, Torrey Pines. Miscut, 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 ninth, 18th. So he's got a top 10 at Torrey Pines, the Kikuyu, the Poa Greens. 
He's also finished 10th and 7th, which was the outing before Riviera at Pebble Beach on those POA greens. So yeah. the, these links, these links between POA and uh, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines and Riviera are 100%. And like Tony Finau, he, 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 dis- he destroys Torrey Pines each and every year. Do you think Finau is a decent bet for the US Open at Torrey Pines? I think any each way bet on Finau at that kind of 25, 30, whatever the number is, mm. Mark. Top is, 10. Is, yeah, it's probably, probably worth a punt because mm. he's so hyper consistent and he's clearly given himself chances. That The scenario that unfolded on Sunday was the perfect scenario for, for Finau to get that second win, to get you know, kind of a, yeah. you know, a more a prestigious win on, under his belt and on, to, to break... It, yeah, in the third he, last group. Yeah, yeah. With, with the pressure off to a degree, put in a flying round um, and, you know, and, and hopefully post a total that's going to be good enough for, um, for, you know, for, for no one else to catch. I mean, clearly, if you've got someone like Dustin Johnson who's in that final group and puts the kind of round together that you'd expect him to, um, that's not going to happen. But it, but it didn't. You know, that, that, it was almost the perfect storm, but uh, yeah. it still didn't happen. Got to be frustrating for him because he be. did play. You know that, that that Sunday round was was outstanding. It was really good stuff, but uh, just not quite good enough. I think that is three consecutive runner-up positions for Tony, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm just checking that. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, he's clearly picking up an awful lot of world ranking points as a result of these lofty finishes. Well, he's jumped. He's jumped into that automatic top six in the um, Ryder Cup for Team yeah, USA, yeah. and he hasn't won. No. But yeah, if you, I mean, fourth at the American Express, second at the Farmers, second in the Saudi International, and then second at the Genesis Invitational. It's just unbelievable. That's yeah, craziness. He a, just needs that win, doesn't he? And you know, we've we've talked at length about it, and when he gets that win, I think he'll, you know. He, it wouldn't surprise me with the, the 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 form that he's in. He gets a win. He goes and wins the next week or his next dies. Oh my Lord. Paul. You know, it's Paul, that Paul. that kind of breakthrough that will just trigger um, something special. I think. I am, um, I am in shock here. <laughs> Four zero to one right now for the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Mm. Daniel Berger, twenty-five to one. <laughs> Yes, it's a shame you're not going to get those extended each way prices in the anti post market. Well, you get six with Betfair Sportsbook right now. So six to, you can get six places. Betfair Sportsbook forty to one. Tony Finau at Torrey Pines at a US Open. Mm. That great bet. Tommy Fleetwood thirty three to one at a golf course he's barely played at and likely to struggle at. Wow. Webb Web Simpson, 28 to 1 at Torrey Pines in the US Open. Uh-uh. Yeah. Maybe oh, Virgin a little bit long for, for Webb at the US Open. My Lord. Well, I'm in Famous shock. Last words, then. I'm in shock. I'm in just total shock. Anyway, so DJ, yeah, cocked up for me. I had Patrick Cantley, my kind of each way insurance bet. He was in the same group as Tony. He shoots, shoots one over par as well. So I end up with a total blank. Unbelievable. Yeah, from a good position. Unbelievable. 
the uh, yes, not good, not good at all. But there's always next week with golf betting. Mm. Um, I don't know whether to just quickly run through this Puerto Rico Open and get it done and dusted. What do you think? Yeah, yeah everyone, fine. everyone will be sitting again. Ah, oh, Steve, for God's sake, get on with this WGC, will you? We don't want to know about the Puerto Rico Open, and that's the point. Because if I do it last, they'll all switch off. <laughs> so if I quickly run through it now. Ten yeah, minutes. Good strategy. Steve. Get it done. Crack and then we've got the we've got the main course, Paul. We've got the real oh yeah, the juicy main course coming up behind. Right, we'll do that. Now I panicked, and I don't think I was the only one uh, when I saw that the Puerto Rico Open this year was being played at Grand Reserve Country Club. And put your like, is this a new course, Steve? I'm like, oh, no, surely not a new, but it isn't. Basically, it's been renamed. This has been called... Oh, Trump was involved at one point. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, and then the, Coco Beach. Coco Beach, Trump. Oh, it's had various different yeah, names over the years. It's, um, it's clearly the alternate event. So they, they play this on the PGA Tour, whilst the, the best in golf, apart from Tiger Woods and Paul Casey, play the WGC. And what you tend to find is that a couple of the <clears throat> rejects from the WGC Top 50 or the World Golf Ranking Top 50 come and play here because uh, it's clearly in their schedule and the European Tour isn't running. So I think Peters plays this week. I'm still getting over that 40 to 1 for Tony Fina. <laughs> That's genuinely shocked me. Steve, you'll have a couple of minutes while I'm talking about the WGC to get your... Uh, yeah, I might have to just better. put... Uh, yeah. Might have to have a little dabble on the exchange if he's 40 to 1 or... Uh, 40 to, anyway, shush, shush. Right. So, oh, Triple H Sport have just changed their... Um, they've gone from five and a quarter to uh, to seven places at the Puerto Rico Open Bowl. They keep doing this uh, mid-Tuesday switchover, which I'm yeah, not a fan a, of at all. Yeah, a few of them playing this game, isn't it? Uh, they're cutting the odds, of course. Now, mm. um, so yeah, Puerto Rico Open, we've got at the head of the market, Matt Wallace. Now, Matt Wallace, you'd think, well, world top 50, he'd be playing at, at in Florida, but he isn't because he's just slipped out of that spot. Max Home has jumped in. Jordan Spieth was really, really looking like he could get in there. Just fell backwards at Riviera. Sam Burns was, you know, that, that tournament last week had so, so many ranking points. It was almost like a major, wasn't it? If you won that, you could you didn't home a jump like six, uh, 40 or 50 spots to get into the World's Top 50 by winning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Burns would have been sitting about 36th or 38th had he won. Wow. Um, and it, 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 as, it, as it happens, he dropped right away out, so... So I'm looking at a field with Matt Wallace at the head of it. Most most players, uh, most books have Thomas Peters marked up as the favourite. I'll repeat that. Most books have Thomas Peters marked up as the favourite. I mean, twelve to one at one spot. Yeah, and he's, he's, in the European Tour events, he's, he keeps popping up as the favourite. He wins, Paul. Doesn't no. win. No. So I've got Poulter, Peters. Wallace and Griot, all kind of joint favourites, this 16 to 1, 14 to 1 kind of mark. Then you can get Brandon Grace in a couple of spots at 20 to 1. Have to say, the only bookmaker 
that I found this week that have gone eight places each way of 50 odds at both the PGA uh, at both the WGC Workday and the Puerto Rico Open. Coral. That's, yeah, that's phenomenal. Tipping. And you can get Brandon Grace right now, eight places each way at the Puerto Rico Open at 20 to 1, eight places, which yeah. is the best market price out there. Yeah, and given the um, given the WGC is only a field of 72 as well, to, to have eight, eight spots each way is a yeah. strong, strong proposition this week. We've, we've mentioned them for years, haven't they? They were always... One, of, they were the first ever bookmaker to offer ten places each way at a major. That was the twenty seventeen PGA Championship. Uh, they then had this really brilliant, consistent stance of seven spots on both PGA Tour and European Tour full field events. They've done that for years. They've now realised, of course, that the whole market has shifted to eight, apart from this week, and they've kept the eight places going. So, <laughs> eight places each way at both events. That is an amazing value this week. It has to be said. If you haven't got a Coral account, a golf betting system, uh, you can you can sign up to a new sportsbook offer there, Republic of Ireland and UK listeners. Bet five pounds, five euro. Get 20 euro or 20 pounds of free bets uh, as your welcome package. Key terms and conditions, of course, available at golf betting system. So, yes, Coral really jumped... Uh, they just jumped front of front of uh, face this week with eight places each way on both. Griot, Wallace, Peters, Poulter, Grace—they're the big five names at the top of the back, at the top of the um, books this week. Benny Ann—I had a good look at Benny Ann. Um, <sighs> it's just difficult to get excited, isn't it? Uh, it's difficult to get excited because if you look at the historical odds of the winner of this tournament over the. Uh, if we you know we go back to twenty ten, yeah, it's it's ninety to one, and yeah, Victor Hovland won here last year, twelve to one favourite. He just about squeaked past Josh Teeter, who I think was hundred and twenty five to one, and Hovland, who was clearly the best player in the field, managed to grab his first ever professional and PGO Tour victory here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big part in the last, yeah. wasn't it? From Tony Fee, Tony Fee now won here in twenty sixteen. Fifty five zero to one. We've had Bryson DeChambeau finish runner up here at eighty to one. Back in the day, all it says to me is let's pick some players further down that are likely to be better players in the future than they are now. If you see what I mean, yeah. yeah. I can't be chasing Emiliano Grio at sixteen to one. No chance. And yeah, he'll probably finish third or seventh. Might even finish tenth once he's done his usual um, Sunday performance. Can you imagine me back in Emiliano Grio right now on a Sunday? Wow! <laughs> I think you'd have to switch every electrical um, device off for the whole of Sunday and just keep your fingers crossed. <sighs> I've got to praying in the back garden. That's not working either. So to Grio with my money on him at 16 to 1. Wow. He'd missed the cut. Grio could win. Unlikely. Wallace, clearly a class player. Thomas Peters in Ryder Cup year. I think he'd be a great addition to the Ryder Cup team, but he's a long way off right now. And Ian Poulter, the postman. And Padraig Harrington is on the property. So I get this. 
I think Wallace will play well. I think Peters will play well. I can see Poulter playing well. He played, he played quite nicely at Saudi, Poulter. But yeah. I can't back yeah. Ian Poulter at 16-1. Sorry. Brandon Grace showed too much at Riviera, now being slashed from 20-1. The first, the one that I had a very, very good look at and didn't back was Andrew Putnam. But again, 25-1. to one. Um, How people can back Patrick Rogers at 25-1, to one, that guy is a car crash. The first one I actually got to, and I thought, this guy makes logical sense, Tom Lewis. Um, Tom Lewis was second in a World Golf Championship in um, July last year. So that tells you that that boy, that, you know, he's clearly a talent. Um, he, he's, he plays well by the coast. And, and you and I have had this conversation, I would have said over a pint, but we can't do that anymore. We've had this conversation over Skype in, in the last 12 months. I know we have. Paul, where do you think Paul? Where do you think that Tom Lewis can go well in the states? And you say to me, it's got to be near the coast. It's got to be at a tournament that's going to be kind of easier scoring, and with width. The most important thing, width off the tee, because he's not straight off the tee at all, is he? No, 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 no. He needs a little bit of room. Um, I think he aesthetically, I think he needs that kind of um, exposed view from off the tee to kind of really feel comfortable but uh, but yeah you've only got to look at his European tour efforts his Portugal Masters wins um, and it kind of starts to bring into yeah. bring to shape the kind of player that he that he is and I agree in terms of scoring I think he needs it to be um, you know kind of high teens is probably the ideal yeah. number in that kind of bracket 20 under maybe yeah Mm, I don't think you'll get that this week. I think because the wind's up. I mean, we're talking, but then it's no. This isn't. This is an open championship, cutting win where the, you can't get the ball more than two hundred no. yards. This no, no, is no, no, no. this is fifteen to twenty, maybe gusting twenty five on the odd day in twenty five degrees Celsius. You get the ball. The ball cuts through there easy enough. But yeah, I agree. What you just said is perfect, really. Sixth and seventh at the DP World Tour Championship at the Earth Course. Third at the Dubai Desert Classic. That's a little bit more tree-lined, I know that. But, you know, and then you look at his record at the Lynx Dunhill up at St Andrews. You know, fifth and fifth and eighth, I think, in the last two renewals there. Just loves playing. Low-scoring, I think it'll be about 15, maybe 17 under par this week. And I think that's right in his wheelhouse. Um, came from nowhere at the at Pebble Beach. Uh, Thirty-six holes. He was in the second last group Saturday. Played with Casey and Cantlay. That was all a bit too much for him. Shot two over seventy-four. Came back with us three under sixty-nine on Sunday. Finished fourteenth. Just playing some really, you know. The other thing I love about it, he's a great player. Not very well known in the states, but Lewis is a quality player. Um, and you just look at how he's, you know, he 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 basically hit the scene as a youngster, didn't he? He won the Port, uh, Portugal Open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he do something at the Open before then from absolutely nowhere? The Open Championship. Yeah, I, that, that Portugal Masters. Uh, he, I think that was only his third professional start, something like that. And um, 
you know, he caught everyone by surprise then. And everyone thought he was really going to push on and be, you know, this major star because he's clearly a talented lad. And mm. I don't know, he just lost his focus a bit, but he seems to have it back. He's, he's, he's doing a lot of travelling and a lot of, um, you know, you said to me earlier, he dipped back down to the, uh, to the challenge door. He did, one didn't point, he? Just Had to, to rebuild, just to, from, rebuild yeah. from nowhere. Yeah, to find his form, to find some confidence. One on the one on the um, challenge tour, one on the European tour. Um, you know, clearly his, his next step professionally is to come over and uh, win a PGA Tour event. But when you're finishing second, as you said just a second ago, on a, in the WGC in elite company in August, to, yeah, 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 he's mixing it there to, with Justin Thomas and Brooks Kep going down a stretch. Yeah, exactly. And you compare that to the field that you've got presented here. At the uh, the uh, the Puerto Rico Open, it's just chalk and cheese. I'm with you, Steve. I'm, I'm on I'm on Lewis. Which, um, if we're both on the same players, a recipe for for disaster. But um, I, I, but the, the, logically, at the price relative to a lot of the, his peers, and it's they're known quantities at the top, aren't they? You know, he knows a Poulter, mm-hmm. he knows a, a Wallace. You know, th- these aren't players that he's got some kind of ingrained fear of he's played against him on the on the European tour a number of times I managed to get him 28 to 1 with Coral and the 8 places Mm. there was a smidge of 33s out of a unibet that's gone that's gone right now so he also qualified for the PGA Tour by winning the Corn Ferry Tour Championship a one off trip to the Corn Ferry in September 2019 which they played in Florida and that's how he got on the PGA Tour. So he's he's not averse to playing lower levels of golf and winning. I don't think he's going to turn up here and think, oh, what am I doing here? This is a rubbish tournament. I, I barely read. And just have the hump from the start and miss the cut. I actually think he's clearly way outside the 125 in the, in the FedEx Cup. He can use this this week on a course I think he's going to thrive on. And kind this this could guarantee his these playing rights for next two years if he won this. Yeah, that was a, there's a big carrot, isn't there? This week, big carrot, huge carrot. PJ Tour card is uh, is is big for these yeah. guys. So you you are good. I think the odds are good. The odds are fine. I think he's he's one of the most talented players in the field, and he's got the absolute carrot dangling there that says if I can win this or even get a top two finish, get a bundle of FedEx Cup points. This is likely to be a huge step in getting me my playing privileges for next season. So yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, just it, I think it, it shouts um, Tom Lewis at the top. The other one I really like, and this is the guy I'm going to nominate for my transatlantic each way double, is Will Gordon. If you look at Fee now, if you look at that guy Martin Trainer that won this, and you also look at Victor Hovland, they are long drivers of the golf ball. Um, and Gordon is right up there as well. Very, very long off the tee. And he just did enough at the Pebble Beach last time out. To, you know, you look at the leaderboards and you see names. Someone tweeted me or left me a message on YouTube saying, Will Gordon this week, watch out for him. And I kind of responded, go, yeah, good luck with that. And sure enough, all of a sudden, you've seen this Will Gordon near the top of the leaderboard. You think, oh, okay. But yeah, he's just gravitating. He, he, he's a good player, um, played very well at college. You know, he, he basically was on the same college circuit as Morikawa, as um, Wolf, as Hovland. And you just look, I think he got to number eight in the world. 
he was getting beaten by those guys, guys most weeks, but he was always in the mix. He, I know he beat. Um, he, he's got a top four at college level at Pebble Beach, Carmel Cup twenty eighteen, where he finished behind Matthew Wolf. He's beaten Colin Moore and Carver at junior level at college level. He also won the Tavistock Intercollegiate Invitational at Isleworth Golf and Country Club in Orlando, which again is a big, big college tournament. So this guy's good. And he got his place on the PGA Tour last year by finishing second at the Travellers Championship. So he earned special temporary membership. Now, there aren't many, Jordan Spieth and the like, the Wolves, the, there aren't many that do that. So he's a, he's a talented boy, this Gordon. I just think his game fits and he played very, very nicely at Pebble Beach a couple of weeks ago. He actually shot an opening round six under 66, which was the best score of the tournament at Spyglass Hill. No one beat that. Backed that up with a four under 68 on Saturday. So he was in 11th spot going into Sunday. Finished 21st. Gordon, yeah, love Will Gordon this week. I think he's got the game that suits. When he's on form, hits lots of greens and he is as long as you like off the tee. So Will Gordon for me, I went for the 50 to 1 price point with Unibet, six places each way of 50 odds. I'm happy with that 50 to 1. Uh, he got priced up first of 55 to 1 with Bet365. And that then quickly got backed in to their current 40 to 1. Yeah, there's a few players that have been uh, dropped out of the tournament as well, which is impacted a few prices. Absolutely. That's the trouble with this as well, isn't it? You and I are constantly updating as this player withdraws and they've invited yeah. Umar Uresti to play. Yep. Your old Eric mate's Axley. playing. Who's, who's the one that you like? Who's playing? Eric Axley. Eric Axley, he's in. So I've got Lewis, I've got Gordon. Bronson Bagoon is another one. Seven points, uh, seven place each way, 50 odds with Boyle Sports. He's 60 to one. Bagoon's been playing some reasonable stuff of late. Hits a lot of greens. Um, very upwardly mobile in my eight-week trackers. I noticed with him, uh, he did two years of the PGA Tour, Latino America Tour, getting some really good top fives, top tens, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Peru. So, you know, that's, a, that's two whole years as a young pro in the South American, Central America kind of conditions. And he played here in his 2016 rookie season. No one had kind of come across Bronson Magoon at that point. He was third after 36 holes. That's back, what, two, that's five years ago. So you'd like to think if Bagoon got somewhere in the mix, he might actually hang around at 60-1 to one this week. Yeah, potentially. I can remember him, the last time he was in contention was at the RSM Classic end of last year when he played in the final group this one's going to break Barry's heart he played in the final group with Zach Johnson and his nemesis Robert Streb so yeah Bagoo I think he's a decent player at 60 to 1 and finally if you want a horse for a course at the Puerto Rico Open who is usually 16 or 20 to 1 but this year he's 75 to 1. It's got to be Scott Brown, isn't it? Mm, he loves the track, doesn't he? Scott Brown. He does love the track. 16th, 5th, and 6th 
at El Chameleon on those Paspalum greens over the years. Here, 5th, 1st, 64th, 10th, 5th, 17th, 10th, 67th. That's three top five, a win, two top fives, and a further two top tens in eight appearances. Yeah. I'll take a, a sixth place this week at 75 to 1 for Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, relative to the field, I know, I know he's not done a great deal form wise recently, but relative to the field, um, he's not a bad price. And, and given his liking for the track, as you said, he's the kind of player that pops up on the tracks and the. That he likes. The layouts that he likes. And often is by the coast, actually, with Scott Brown. He was second, get this, second last year at the Genesis Invitational. Mm. Second behind yeah. Adam Scott. Yeah, I remember. That yeah, second place, will have, that second place just got, you know, instantly, second place, $700,000 or whatever the prize was. Yeah. Job done. Barrel load of um, FedEx Cup points, so he qualifies for the playoffs. And then literally after that, you don't see him again. But in the build-up to that second at the Genesis, his form was miscut, 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 miscut. <laughs> so this is the point, isn't it? He just goes to a tour, he goes to a course that he gets on with. He always plays well with his best mate Kevin Kisner at that TPC Louisiana where they play the team thing. Yeah, yeah. You just look at him. He, he literally there's five or six courses that he goes to that he's got a chance at. Last time out at Pebble Beach. Finished thirtieth, and that's the that's his joint best ever finish at Pebble. And I know this won't happen, but I'll I'll say it anyway. Twenty thirteen, he finished thirtieth at Pebble, couple of good results in the Corn Ferry, and then won this. So he was thirtieth a couple of weeks ago. Hit enough greens, putted well enough. Yeah, I think he was like twenty fourth at halfway. Ended up finished thirtieth. I just think seventy five to one is a at seven places each way, 50 odds, we bet 365. I'll take that on Scott Brown. Yeah. There's far worse out there, I think. He's one of those, you know, and this is, I think, I need to do more of this. I need to do more of these. Well, look at look at players' ceilings, Steve, and it's like, well, Scott Brown, if you looked at his stats on, you know, this tracker, that tracker, and every tracker, you ain't ever going to pick him. But if you just look at him and say, well, 75 to 1 against the bloke that absolutely loves the golf course and has played half decently last time he played, I'll have a bit of that. So Brown, 75 to 1. Bagoon, love that name, 60 to 1. Will Gordon, 50s. And Tom Lewis, the local Welling Garden City man. If he plays awful, I'll be knocking on his door within the uh, middle of next week going, Tom, what are you doing, mate? You could cycle to his house. I could cycle to his house now. I'll go and see Tom. Uh, Tom Lewis, 28 to 1. Those are my four for the Puerto Rico Open. Have you got any? And don't say Aaron Badley. Yeah, I, I, I've backed, backed Lewis. I have got two, I've got two, actually, yeah. Um, I've backed Ted Potter Jr., 80 to 1. <laughs> you love um, it. <laughs> You've got that bit I, of TPJ in it. Well, yeah, he's, he's one of those players who can actually win a golf yep. tournament, isn't he? He's like I, Scott I Brown, Brown, isn't he? This is the point. Yeah. He could just come from nowhere and all of a sudden he's in the mix and you know he's guilt-edged. Yeah, I think he's got. I think I read nineteen professional wins in total. A couple on the PGA Tour, a couple on the Nationwide Tour, and most of them yeah. are, are, are Hooters Tour or whatever below that. But one of those wins was at Pebble Beach. So clearly, can play coastal stuff. Mm. Um, 18th at Torrey Pines a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, sixth after day one in Phoenix. That's 
you know, they're a couple of good flashes of form for Ted Potter Jr. Because prior to that, I think totally um, inappropriate golf courses as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think before that, he had eleven consecutive missed cuts. He's one of those players who suddenly find he's like a Jim Herman, isn't he? He suddenly finds something and goes and wins a golf tournament. Sixth year last year, that was his best finish of the season. Three attempts here, never missed a cut. For a man who misses so many cuts, 48th, 29th and 6th. Progressive yeah. form, um, 80 to 1. I thought, no, I'm, I'm taking Ted. So Ted's in the team. The other one I've backed is a guy that I backed a few weeks back um, in a higher quality field. It's Sam Ryder. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I know you're not a fan, um, but I'll give him another chance. 50 to 1. He won the Pinnacle Bank Championship on the web.com back, what, 2017? By eight strokes in total, so he's clearly capable um, and shown a little bit of form recently. Sixth after day one at the American Express, um, tenth in total at Torrey Pines. He was first for strokes gained approach, fifth for strokes gained tee to green that week. So some quality ball striking. Um, handy in Phoenix at halfway before drifting away. Third here last year, and that was after opening with a seventy, which kind of put him mid division and improved quite dramatically from there. So. So yeah, I, I think when he finds form, he's, he's good. I mean, going back to twenty seven or twenty eighteen when he was on the PGA Tour, he, he could have won three or four tournaments. He was very, very close, and uh, yeah, maybe finding something again. And this kind of level should be uh, should present some decent opportunities for him. I think. I'll let you into a little secret. I had a really close look at Sam. In my greens and regulation tracker, he sits third. I think it is. As you said, I mean, I'm just backing up what you've basically said with numbers. He's fourth in my eight weeks greens and reg tracker, which is better than Emiliano Grillo. So that shows you he's clearly in a lot of greens. And he's also tied second with Rob Oppenheim. Strokes gained on approach last eight weeks. That's better than the likes of Brandon Grace, Matt Wallace, Ian Poe, who are in the top seven. So yeah, 60 to 1's a good prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't he? Has he been top five here before? Was it last year? Yeah, third last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, a bit of bit of recent current uh, recent uh, course form and yeah, uh, yeah, a few snippets of. Uh, he's just one of those. Of when I've backed him in the past, he's been total and utter garbage. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult when you've so, got yeah. a bit of uh, baggage of the player. Isn't I it? expect he'll go well with you. <laughs> a living hope. But yes. Actually, he was one of the very few this week. I thought Ryder wasn't a totally abysmal price. Mm. I'll tell you the other one I had a good close look at. Is that is Cameron Percy. Okay. He was chalked up at 70 to 1 with Bet365 first thing. And he's now sitting at 50 to 1 across most firms. Trouble with Cam Percy is you know he won't win because he never wins. But to actually, as an each, if you just said, well, all I want, guys, a couple of decent names at a decent each-way price, where if, if one of them lands top eight, top seven, rather, or top eight if you go with Coral, I'll make enough, you know, I'll cover me week, maybe yeah, make yeah. a little bit. I don't think, I think Ryder's a good one, Percy's another good one. He's been playing some nice stuff, Cam Percy. I was watching some of that. Um, I was watching Jordan Spieth a few weeks ago, and you know they've now got the leaderboard constantly in the bottom left of the TV coverage. Yeah, I was yeah. watching a round recap, and there's and this Cam Cam Percy middle of Saturday, yeah, at Pebble Beach, and he was like tied second on the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my app, 
And then, sure enough, he's ended up 18th because he's com- <laughs> completely and utterly collapsed as soon as he got anywhere. Proper nosebleed job. But he's clearly playing, you know, somewhere like this, and you and I know enough about him over the years, low scoring, absolutely abysmal field. Cam Percy is more than capable of a top eight, top seven finish. Yeah, and if everyone else is getting a nosebleed at the same time, it might be quite <laughs> so pronounced. Who do you think is going to be cast iron in this field? Exactly. Ted Potter Jr. Yes, that's actually one. And yeah, I saw an interesting tweet actually, or a message on our Facebook group going, you know, it was interesting that Max Homer, who had been in contention like once and converted, saw off Tony Finau in a playoff who's in contention every week and never converts. And there's just this, you know, players getting, some players just get the job done, don't they? Grio doesn't. Yeah. A max a TBJ does actually once if you can get them into that spot. Yeah, yeah, it's getting getting them to the actual uh, point. The point of contention, isn't it? I'm amazed you haven't mentioned your old mucker who you mentioned in all of these um, second division PJ tour, Johnny Vegas. I'm glad <laughs> we've got off that one. Yeah, there's a few, and if Badley had been shown a little bit more um, form rather than just a, a string of missed cuts, he might have been in the team. He does like an alternate event, doesn't he, old Aaron? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I landed yeah. him once, fifty-five to one of that barbersole, yeah. but he'd actually yeah, hit some greens in the build-up. Yes, which with a, a putter as good as Badley, if he's finding some greens, then he's a dangerous proposition at that mm. kind of level. Right, World Golf Championship. Work day, Paul. Yes. Let's yes, go. The, w- the WGC Workday Championship at the concession. It should be in Mexico, um, shouldn't it, again, for the fifth... Uh, COVID. was due to be seven events, yeah. Um, but no, the pandemic's put... They'll go back there next year. They have to. It's part of the contract. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got they've got another three to, to, uh, to fulfil. Yeah. So, uh, so this whether is this literally... One... It's like a... It's Band-Aid, isn't it? Yes, it just just get something in in the meantime. But no, fair fair play. They've they've managed to uh, managed to cobble something together. Workday has stepped up to the plate again, which they did back at uh, Muirfield Village as well, didn't they? Back in or, or the middle of last year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. They're obviously supporting the tour, which um, helps these events get um, get played. And um, the Concession Golf Club in Florida is the alternative venue that's being played this week instead, which we'll go through in a second. Um, but we've got an elite field here, field of seventy two. Uh, no cuts, and pretty much all of the elite here, the two you mentioned earlier, Tiger Woods and Paul Casey are the two um, elite that aren't in. Um, Brandon Stone, who also qualified, isn't playing. But the rest of the qualifiers and the world's top 50 are all here to make this field of 72. Um, as you mentioned earlier as well, Coral, eight places each way, fifth of the odds um, for mm. UK and Ireland punters. is you know, In a field of 72, that's covering off a big chunk of the market so do check their prices before you place your bets um, and uh, you might be surprised there are some crackers out there um, the market in general though Dustin Johnson is the 13 to 2 favourite uh, John Rahm 10 to 1 Rory McIlroy 16 to 1 uh, drifted out a bit after last week isn't he Xander 16 to 1 also Patrick Cantlay I went a bit south, didn't it? I expect that was the weight of your um, money on his back last, last of weekend. Course. Of course. <laughs> but uh, he, he could have been right in it last week, can't they? Can he was know? right in it. <laughs> As the air. Just before those three, four, five footers. Just it's true, though, and this is, this is the point, isn't it? A cantlay, a show flay. 
they're not they're just not clinical are they when they get in I mean don't forget Cantley was could should have won potentially the Wheatfoot Pebble yeah yeah they win but it's just they're just not the they're not killers are they not, they just don't grab it and take it and when no, you're when you're no. paying six I mean Cantley I'm seeing him at twelve to one in one spot. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of disparity. Twelve to one with uni. Yeah. I don't know what the odds compiler's done at Unibet, but he's certainly got a contrarian view this week. And he twelve <laughs> to one on Cantley, sixteen to one on McElroy. Yes, interestingly, and again, I saw this mentioned on Twitter yesterday. The top of the market, they've gone really short on three or four of them, and then further down the list, there's a whole host of longer prices that have been. Uh, as a result of their, their position at the top of the market, so uh, so yeah, it's again another one well worth checking out, um, just to make sure if um, they're offering longer prices than uh, you would ordinarily expect, or from the bookie that you normally choose. But uh, but yeah, Cantlay's generally eighteen to one. JT another poor performance last week, wasn't it? Eighteen to one. Uh, Bryson, um, you know, rinse and repeat. Same same uh, same comment really. Twenty to one. Tony Finnell twenty to one. Tyrrell Hatton, 22s. Um, Hovland's 22s. He's been backed in a bit from 25s. Brooks Kepka coming off a win, 28 to 1. Now, there'll be some takers for that, I'm sure. Um, then you've got the likes of Webb Simpson, Berger, Reed, all 30 to 1, 40 to 1, bar that list of, what, a dozen or so players that I've just read through. Cracking field, absolutely outstanding field, as you'd expect for a World Golf Championship. And they're playing it at the concession. And now, the concession's new to the tour. It's a track that was named after that 1969 Ryder Cup where Jack Nicholas conceded a short putt in the final hole to Tony Jacklin, and that was known as the concession. And the two of those guys got their heads together, created this track. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a Nicholas track with a little bit of Jacklin input, but uh, they're both named as part of the uh, as, as part of the, the build for this particular course. Um, opened in two thousand six and is a seven thousand four hundred seventy four yard par seventy two Parkland affair. Um, reasonable sized fairways. The main uh, test here is on the greens, on and around the greens. I think it's a second shot course. I think you, you, you'll need to find your proximity and you need to be getting the right parts of these greens um, to be scoring. If you're not, then there's going to be three putts everywhere and chipping and putting from around the greens um, and saving par is going to be particularly tough. So um, Bermuda Tiff, Tiff Eagle greens, by the way, um, yeah. which uh, are quite quite prominent around the kind of Florida area anyway. Yeah. But yes, I think uh, for me, just looking at the spec and looking at some of the holes and um, and reading some of the comments and, uh, you know, the, 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 there's enough info out there in the ether to, to kind of form a view of it. Um, it seems like quite a tough track. It seems like one where your performance on and around the greens is going to trump how you perform from off the tee. So that's kind of how I've... Uh, how I've shaped things for this week. And um, pine and oak trees line some of the holes. Others got water in place, so there's a mix of challenges there. Um, five tiers on a lot of these greens, though, and you, you know you need to be in the right part. So you're gonna need to be really dialed in with your irons, or putting like um, putting like Brad Faxon, or scrambling like Patrick Reed to be getting uh, getting yourself a decent score this week. Um, Jack Nicholas Design, as I said, so there's plenty of others to review. There's quite a few that I've listed, um, courtesy of a previous preview from yourself, Steve, in my preview this week. Um, 
some that I've picked out as comparable courses are worth looking at at least. Uh, Muirfield Village, and mm. they've used exactly the same sand in the bunkers here as they use over there in Ohio as well. So um, some correlation there, and of course another Nat Nicholas design as well. Right. Um, PGA National, Tiff Eagle, Florida set up. Um, Sherwood Country Club, which another one that you mentioned to me in terms of their... Um, not probably not quite as severe greens, but certainly undulating and certainly one of the more testing parts of that track. And they played Sherwood at the um, it was the Zozo, wasn't it? The, the Zozo, which Cantley actually managed to see off Xander Schofle, who I was on that week. Yes, he actually showed right, some yeah. fortitude when he didn't have my money on him, and Xander <laughs> did. I, one question for you, and I know it's really Go. difficult for you to answer because you're sitting over here in the UK. Yeah. Um, Clearly, an easy comp course to draw upon would be PGA National, which, as we know, is a Jack Nicklaus course in Florida. But from what you're yeah. saying, it feels like it might be quite different. For a start, it's a 72 over a 70. But you're mentioning yeah. trees. and I mean, PGA National is just exposed. Mm. Water everywhere. Yeah, there's a, there's a right mix. I mean, some of some of them have got these pine and oak trees lining the holes, and they're not in not encro encroachingly so. It's not a Valderrama type setup, but there's, no. you know, there's certainly a consideration there. And others are completely exposed with water, you know, Maybe down more, down the side of the more Bay Hill like Bay Hills a bit more tree lined in certain spots, and then yeah, next, mm, yeah, mm. yeah. It's, it's good. I mean. Again, if you read a lot of the comments around it, that a lot of it, a lot of people talk about the severe difficulty of this, and it it will be fascinating to see exactly how it plays. And you know, I, I don't think they're going to want to make it as, you know, as painfully difficult as a U.S. Open. So I don't think it will be like that. The rough isn't um, said to be particularly thick, um, so I think really the challenge is going to be on and around these greens and I don't think the scoring will get out of control but equally um, I, you know, I think I think it will be uh, if, if you're finding greens with regularity or finding the right parts of greens with regularity or you really are playing well on and around the greens then mm. you'll find it um, you'll find it scorable I wouldn't be surprised if there's one of these events where you get some real disparity between the score at the top end and the score right at the bottom end uh, which can be accentuated with these no-cut events where you've got players who absolutely bomb out and they end up 30 or 40 shots further adrift of the guys at the very top. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of differential that we see here, but a um, bit of a guessing game because it is a, a, a new track to all of us, really. Um, the only um, notable event that has been held here um, was the 2015 NCAA Championship, another one of these collegiate events, um, similar to the ones you mentioned earlier. And there are a few players um, that you recognise the names of there. It was won by Bryson DeChambeau at eight under over four rounds. C.T. Pan finished second at seven under. Thomas Detry was third at six under. Paul Dunn was the interesting name for me. Um, he finished fifth at five under. So um, if I'm thinking Paul Dunn, I'm instantly thinking a track that has got some room off the tee. Yeah. It does allow a lot of um, recovery style shots um, and certainly rewards players who are better on and around the greens because that is Paul Dunn's game, full stop. Um, and I know back then he was, um, you know, he was one of the up and coming talented players and he's, he's kind of dropped off a little bit. He'll come back, I'm sure, because Paul Dunn is a very. The other thing player. is, Paul, people talk, people talk about Bryson DeChambeau and, and purely about his driving. As we know, DeChambeau around and on the greens is oh, yeah. elite level. Absolutely. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very good. So, yeah, so I can see that. Paul Dunn, yeah, that's interesting. You know, they, these guys, I mean, you're talking a collegiate event, so, you know, the setup, I'm sure it wasn't anywhere near as severe as a PGA no. Tour setup. Um, but even so, yeah. um, eight under was the winning score over four rounds. So it, scoring didn't get out of control there. I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd be hard pressed to, to to guess a score this week. But um, is the wind getting you know, up? It, no, not at all. Um, you know, no, it's going to be not set very fair. Very Florida. Mm. Yeah, 90, 90 Fahrenheit in the afternoons potentially, five yeah. to ten miles an hour. So you know, it's, conditions are going to be scorable. Um, yeah, I. If if I was to hazard a guess, I'd say it's probably going to be low, um, double figures, 12, 14, something like that would probably be the order of the day. Your kind of classic mid-score level would be my guess. But uh, don't quote me on that because I could be completely and utterly wrong. So we'll see next week how close I was. Um, I guess other than that, we've not got a great deal to go on. You know, you've got the um, history of the Mexico Championship, the history of the... Um, Cadillac at Doral before that. I mean, just going through some of the names who've won that. Ernie Els in 2010 at 40 to 1. Nick Watney in 2011, 20 to 1. We were on Watney that week. Uh, Rose the year after, 66. I think I've, I've picked a few of these winners over the years. I wonder if I was on Rose. I forget now. Uh, Tiger at 12s in 2013. Patrick Reed at 80 in 2014. DJ in 2015, 22 to 1. I was definitely on DJ because I remember yeah. that one. Um, Adam Scott, the last year it was held at Doral, 12 to 1. And then over in Mexico, DJ, 7 to 1. Phil Mickelson, 25 to 1 in 2018. DJ again. So DJ's won three of the last six of these. Mm. Um, 11 to 1 in 2019. Patrick Reed, again, I was on Reed last year at 50 to 1. Um, so, yeah, usually quite comfortable and confident in this particular event. Um, complete change of track. Um, but hopefully enough pointers as to what the kind of player should be and um, the other thing to draw out of those names all of those players all going back to 2010 each one of them had a top 10 finish in their last five starts and of the last eight each one of them in their previous five starts had a, either a win or a second place finish over their last five starts so if you're looking at you know raw trends then picking players who finished first or second over their last five starts could be a starting okay. point for this week I'm um, busy again, I'm, busy, I'm busily going to our um, <laughs> to our event stats now on the website to see who's <laughs> done that in the last five outings I thought you were busily getting over to Betfair to get Tony Finn on at the uh, oh US yeah Open. I still need to get on the US Open price yeah. <laughs> mm. you got a couple of minutes while I talk through my picks so crack on um, I've back four this week I, I looked at the top of the market um DJ let you and I both down last week. Poor Sunday, um, as you said, twenty three holes and could only muster one over. Um, he wasn't putting particularly well in Saudi before that, and we kind of forgave him last week on the basis of his um, you know, ability and his course form, but didn't quite work, did it? Um, John Rahm, I was I was very very close on Rahm. I must say I was very very close. Back to all top five last week. Um, the thing that put me off. I listened to an interview, a very frank and raw interview with him about how he's adapting to his change to Callaway. And he's still adapting. It's not as if he's absolutely mastered it by his own estimation. He's still working. And in a truly elite field, I can see him I can see him placing. I can see him getting quite close. I just wonder at that kind of nine, ten to one mark, um, is he a win-only bet? Because that's what it would be for me at that level. And 
I don't know. I, couldn't, I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ram go well. Rory, uh, JT, Bryce, all of them played poorly last week. They could all bounce back, of course, but uh, um, I couldn't take them on that basis. Uh, Cantlay, um, well, we won't mention his putting from last week. Xander and Finnell, um, both of them love a second place. What money one of those guys finishes in second again? Uh, it wouldn't surprise anyone, would it, uh, to see Xander or Finnell? Both of them finish T two next week or this week. Yeah, but um, you can't yeah. take Xander at four, you know, fourteen to one to get you each way money, can you? No, 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 no. He's, mm. he's got to be a big and you know almost your only bet of the week to make it pay for that. Doesn't tend to no, play I've got... much in Florida either, which would suggest he doesn't really like it. Yeah, yeah. It might he be doesn't play the Honda Classic. Doesn't tend to play Bay Hill. Mm, yeah. yeah, you can kind of read people's schedules. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go with any of those guys. I, I started my team this week with Patrick Reed, defending champion at thirty to one, mm. um, and I think when you think defend, or well, when I think defending champions, you know, I often think the um, it, it presents a challenge with the media, the focus, um, the personal expectation, um, but Reed is. He's got the thickest of skins, isn't he? You know, if, if there's a player that you want who's got a thick skin who, who won't be bothered by any of that kind of stuff, it's Patrick Reed. Um, and uh, to be fair, he's needed that thick skin lately, hasn't he, with all of the, the shenanigans that have been going on and, uh, you know, some of it or a lot of it, not without uh, its merit, I must say. But uh, yeah, he still won at Torrey Pines, didn't he? That was his penultimate start. 30-1 to 1 for a guy who won a couple of starts ago um, just shows you that he's... Uh, you know the, the the whole level of his unpopularity just keeps his price at a backable level, and you know I'm, I'm, I'm you know I won't make any apologies for backing a guy that people don't particularly like because I think in terms of the you know the context of this market he's he's a bet thirty to one. So yeah, I, I I'll, I'll put everything else aside and, uh, and and stick with that aspect of it. I mean for me. If the main challenge is on and around these greens, then someone with his mercurial talent around the uh, the, the putting surfaces has got to be taken on, I think. Um, first for strokes going around the green at Torrey Pines when he won first for stroke or first for putts per greens in regulation. It was all about the short game that week. And if he's going to win this week, then it's going to be a very similar approach, I'm sure. Um, a couple of WGC wins. Um, Doral, also Mexico, can clearly win in this kind of company. Um, is Augusta win? If we're talking about undulating greens, then his Augusta win has got to be, um, you know, something to consider as well. Jack Nicholas forms won the Humana back in the day, four wins in total on Bermuda greens. I mean, I'm expecting a big, big week from Captain America this week, and um, thirty to one, I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week when there's a player that I think it fits the green or fits the uh, fits the course the way that he does. Um, so Reed's at the top. Tyrrell Hatton I've backed as well, twenty-two to one. And you can't. Sometimes you look at a price and you look at a player and feel it. You know, it feels a little bit out of kilter. But it can't be with Hatton. He's playing so well, up to fifth in the world now. Four yeah. wins in his last twenty-two starts globally. And um, one in Abu Dhabi a few weeks back. Twenty-second um, in Dubai the week after, after a shocker in the first round, seventy-six he shot and followed that up with sixty-four. Now Tyrrell of old would have thrown his toys out the pram at that point, missed the cut and and. and um, and gone on Sunday for for a few days, but um, he you know he seems a much calmer. I won't say calm, calmer character nowadays, and um, I think that's been born by his success. And you know the success that he's experienced, the way that he's playing, um, allows him to to 
to you know to, to make these adjustments to his game and to to continue to compete at the top level. Um, sixth in Saudi after that, his long game looked really good, um, and you know that coupled with his excellent short game should set him in, in decent stead here this week. I think he's won in Florida. Um, he won on Tiff Eagle Greens last year. Um, for the season today, fifth proximity to hole, which is going to be important. I think length strokes gained approach. Third for three putts avoidance for the season as well, which is going to be a critical factor here this week, I think. Five major top tens, three top tens in Mexico in this WGC from four starts. Um, he's the kind of guy, I think the next step for Tyrrell is undoubtedly to win a WGC and a major. From his position in the world, from fifth in the world, with the way that he's playing, um, that is the logical next step. And uh, I think he's playing well enough to do it. So, so 22 to 1, I'll take a bit of Tyrrell as well. The other two I've backed slightly longer. Cameron Smith. I remember you backing Smith um, at Masters. Augusta. Masters, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I, I won't say I was sniffy about the tip because I always take on board what you say, but I, I remember looking at it and thinking, um, I can't really get on board with that. But he, he was excellent. It was a really good tip, and um, he gave you a cracking run for your money. Yep. I mean, ultimately, DJ was, was too good. Cruise control, yeah. He was in cruise control, DJ, but yes, Cam Smith was, he was the best of the rest with Sunjay, wasn't he? Absolutely. He was, I mean, 15 under he shot, um, and that would have been good enough to win um, 79 of the 84 Masters tournaments held in the past. So he's got to take a lot of heart out of that. Four rounds in the 60s as well, first player to do that in Masters history. And that was all driven by his short game. We know he's an excellent. He's got an excellent short game. We know he's an excellent putter. Yeah. We know that his short game is really, really good. And he's, he's clearly happy in this elite company now because he'd already finished fifth at Augusta back in 2018 prior to that. Yeah. Fourth at the US Open in 2015. Um, fifth at the match play in 2018, WGC. Sixth at the uh, WGC Mexico in 2019. So some good top five, top six finishes in this kind of company. Um but we know, for me, again, it's all about his short game. What we saw last week, though, fourth in Riviera, fourth at Riviera, um, 13th for strokes gained off the tee, 10th for strokes gained approach, second for strokes gained tee to green. And something you said in your preview for Cam Smith, when his long game is on, you couple that with the fact that he's got such a strong, strong short game, um, he's a very capable player. Very, very capable. The other point to note with Cam Smith um, his best efforts tend to come. He's one of these players who tends to find form and then follow it up the next week yeah. and then maybe drift off a little bit. Yeah. So um, you go back to his, his one, two Australian PGA Championships. He finished fourth and then won, finished 10th and then won. His Sony Open win in 2010, or 2020 rather, um, he'd finished 10th on his previous start. So he, he, prior to wins, form of 4 10 10. Fourth last week at Riviera follows that trend perfectly. So. Um, Quite happy to say, I got early sixty to one. There's a tiny bit of sixty to one left out there. Um, he's been quite rightly backed in Cam Smith. Um, so if you fancy a bit of Smith, I'd jump on him before um, he gets tipped up by all and sundry and drops down to the kind of forty to one level, which is probably closer to where he should be in my view. So Cam Smith, yeah, and the final one, uh, Christian Buzwadenhut. Um, who, I mean, I mentioned before, and you asked me a question a week or a few weeks back about a player that I thought would go well, um, who's a little bit under the radar in some of the uh, WGCs and majors. And um, I, I mentioned the South African, and I think um, this is, again, the kind of setup that should be absolutely perfect for him. So quite happy to put my money where my mouth is. 
um, and back him here this week. 125 to 1, I got on him yesterday. Um, go back, he tried to make it onto the PGA Tour. It didn't quite happen because of COVID. He, he was uh, in with a great shout coming into the players last year. And uh, clearly the players only lasted 18 holes. And that was the end of that uh, end of that dream for him for the short term. Um, worked on his long game with his coach during lockdown. The results have been great, haven't they? A couple of late season wins in South Africa. Yep. That makes it four total wins in three, 33 starts up to that point. So, Again, the players, you know, similar similar to Reed, similar to Hatton. I want players who've shown that ability to get over the line, and and Bezuidno is one of those who's done exactly that. All at a low level, granted, European Tour or or Sunshine Tour, but I think he can step up. He's that kind of player. Excellent short game, excellent putter. Um, he needed to get that long game going to really put it all together. But um, you know, we've seen that happen. At the back end of the year, when he was winning these golf tournaments in South Africa, his long game was outstanding. And you couple that with a player who's so good on and around the greens, it's really quite potent. Uh, this year, three solid efforts in the Middle East to start. No better than 12th, but solid nonetheless. Um, two of his three WGC efforts over, the, over his career have, mean, uh, have seen him sitting in 10th spot heading into the Sunday. So he's had a couple of semi-contending um, WGC efforts. The other one, um, he finished 29th in Mexico last year. That came straight after he'd won over in South Africa the previous week. So he'd literally won in South Africa, jumped on a plane, come over and then finished 29th in Mexico. I think he's better than that. Um, I think he can get himself into one of those each way paying positions come Sunday evening. So, so yeah, they're my four. There's Raiden Hook, uh, Cameron Smith, Tyrrell Hatton, and top of the shop is Patrick Reed. And in terms of that each way double, Patrick Reed, Tom Lewis, absolutely the one for me this week. Absolutely the one. Anyone caught your eye in well, your, on what you've been doing the rounds? Florida Golf. Hmm. A player that played really well last week took everybody by surprise. Yep. A guy that also has a win within that five outing stretch you were talking about. Yeah, go on. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. 55 or 60 to 1 out there at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Very, He's... very underrated player, Fitzpatrick. And you said... If you can get on a player that's got a great short game that's, you know, imminently been playing nicely with their irons, mm -hmm. that's Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And I remember him last year. With these tougher tests, these kind of eight, ten unders, that's where he comes to the party. Yeah. Because, you know, he can scramble. He puts brilliantly. That short game, where others give up, and miss the cut, clearly not this week, but Fitzpatrick can hang around when the conditions and the scoring gets tougher. I like him, because I can remember him being leader at, was it Bay Hill? Yeah. One year, yeah. and um, you look last year, he finished third at the Memorial Tournament, and then I think he may have led that, WGC at St Jude, or was that the year before? It was one or other. Anyway, he seems to do okay in WGCs. Sick last year at the one at St Jude, um, and the previous year at St Jude, twenty nineteen, was fourth. That's the point, isn't it? Tough Bermuda track. Yeah, yeah, yeah short yeah. game, a priority. I could see Fitzpatrick going well. I have to join you on Hatton. 
I think he'll go well. I think Cam Smith will go well. The other one I fancy that could kind of surprise us again, you know, it's a big tournament, WGC, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit similar to, to Reed, isn't it? You know, very recent win, yet he's still mm. available at that kind of backable 28, 30 to 1 price point. And um, yeah, it, it was interesting with Brooks to see him win that tournament because, we've, we've again, we've talked at length about his focus being purely on the on the majors but um you know perhaps that sent a a positive feeling through you know to win a golf tournament is going to is going to going to give you some buoyancy isn't it you make you feel good and you know clearly playing well enough to do that could he come and do it again i don't know if he looks back but he might he might feel this slightly unfinished business with the wgc's because you remember that head to head he had with thomas at um, yeah. st jude last year where Thomas come and took it from him, and yeah. I think you were we on Brooks or we were close on thing when Bro- and Brooks was he missed he duffed that chip on seventeen to make birdie, and it went through the back. Yeah, just the kind of tournament, and also I just think that'd give him a real that, that that a second win would really give him that total confidence boost pre Masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna no, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna back Brooks. Um, I'm going to back um, Hatton. Um, I'm going to back Smith, and I'm going to back Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see the logic with Fitz. And I'm going nowhere of... near. I'm going nowhere near. Close your eyes, Sergio. Although it is Bermuda <laughs> grass. There's a lot of um, a lot of desert um, Bermuda form on Matthew Fitzpatrick's. CV as well from the European Tour, which you can draw into in, ter- in terms of putting on these um, Tiff Eagle greens. So, so yeah, now I can see that. I can see that. Um, I'm pretty certain that Cam Smith's win at yep. in Australia at those PGA Championships down in Oz are on Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember reading it in your on your Masters preview as well. I always so, think uh, he's better on Bermuda grass than he is actually on. On stuff like power, but yeah, well, these are quite smooth. I mean, you know, you, you know you're going to have different nuances between different um, courses and, and patting surfaces, mm. but um, these are quite smooth by by from what I've read. But um, even so, um, you know, that's the, the the Tiff Eagle based, and players some players will feel more comfortable and more confident on them than others. So um, we'll see how they go. And ba- Barry has told us who he's backed. He's backed um, Hovland. Cam Smith as well, so uh, we've got um, a trio of disappointment coming up that week uh, on Sunday. And uh, Carlos Ortiz, he's backed. Um, and Ortiz actually is another one who, who did pop up on a few of my stats. It was the three-part avoidance, I think, was something that alerted me to Ortiz. So um, there's you know, there's a bit of logic there with that uh, that side of the... Um, that angle of approach as well from Barry Hovland, Smith and Ortiz from Barry. I'm going to keep my powder dry on Patrick Reed for Masters week. He's just, he's just getting into that par four birdie or better statistic, Paul. He was seventh in that last year and he's just eat with whatever's happening at the moment. He hasn't played. He's into the top 12 this year, par four birdie or better. Patrick Reed. Yeah. Well, after he wins this week, he'll be <laughs> second or third. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, dear. Should be a good tournament. 
Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's, um, it's, it's always good to get... Well, last week was the cracking wasn't really... Outside, of, the, outside of Dustin ones. Johnson, nobody knows who's going to win this, looking at the actual odds compilers. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's open house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot where you can, you know, infer some some reasons not to back a player, um, and, uh, and and kind of look a little bit further down. It's always dangerous, you know. Someone like Rory McIlroy, his record coming off of a miscut is outstanding. Yeah. And sometimes these poor performances, you know, from JT or from Bryson, you know, Bryson's clearly got a previous on the track. Sometimes poor performances the week before can just act as a you know a proper shot in the arm to these elite players, and they come out and just completely turn it around. I remember back in um, DJ at uh, Doral off the back of a diabolical miscut the previous week, and um, it was twenty two to one that week, and 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 a lot of the comments I got back that week were you know what are you doing? Oh, did, you you do? not, did you not did you not watch last week's performance, mm. etc. But uh, it's like people he put it all slating me off for Jordan Spieth the other week. You can't hit a fairway, <laughs> Steve. What are you doing putting him up? Well, he uh, couldn't it's, it's all opinion, one. Steve. Isn't yeah, it? it's, it's all the game, game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you take a stance. I could, and we keep saying McElroy. He's right at this price now, this sixteen to one price, where he's or a sixteen eighteen to one winner, and everyone will go, oh yeah, and he does win quite often off of a horrible miscut. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, don't be surprised if McElroy plays well this week. Yeah. Been my my view, but agreed. Uh, yeah, not quite enough for me to back him, but uh, no, we'll see. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah, been another packed show. Hmm. Uh, we will be back next week of course listeners for uh, I think it's the Honda Classic uh, Arnold Palmer isn't it oh, they moved it all around yeah they have yeah it's the Arnold Palmer invitation have you got any action next week no it should have been Amman next week but that's been kiboshed so we've got Qatar the week after and then we're over to Kenya for a couple of weeks including a double header with Kenya and the WGC match play so that'll be a a trebly packed show that week. So we will be back for the Arnold Palmer Invitational next week. You are correct. Oh, that's the other thing as well. And I should have said it. I do like Tyrrell Hatton this week because, of course, he has got previous in Florida on a tough golf course, i.e. Bay Hill. So, yes, I could see Hatton going very, very well. Thanks for your time, Paul. I hope everything yeah. goes well for you. Yeah, best of luck. Yeah, we need it. And uh, again... If you could leave us a five-star review, listeners, it would be much appreciated. Thanks for your support, and we'll be back again next week. Goodbye.